Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'd been a park ranger for nearly a decade, and I'd seen my fair share of oddities and peculiar occurrences. But nothing could have prepared me for what happened last summer. It all began with the discovery of a series of gruesome animal carcasses near a popular camping site. The mutilated remains were unlike anything I'd ever seen before, sending shivers down my spine. I knew I had to act quickly to ensure the safety of the campers, but I was at a loss as to what could have caused such carnage. As more campers arrived, reports of strange happenings began to flood in. Unexplainable sounds echoed through the night, and campers swore they felt the presence of an unknown predator lurking in the shadows. 
Something was out there, watching, waiting. Fearing for the safety of the campers, I gathered a group of volunteers to help me investigate the mysterious occurrences. We delved deeper into the woods, following the trail of animal carcasses, hoping to find some answers. The deeper we went, the more we discovered. Strange markings adorned the trees, and the air grew colder and heavier with each step we took. As we ventured further into the heart of the forest, we stumbled upon a clearing that had been hidden from sight for years. In the center of the clearing stood an ancient, crumbling altar surrounded by grotesque statues of creatures that defied explanation. It was clear that we'd uncovered something long forgotten, something that should have remained buried. An ancient cryptid, the stuff of legends, had been awakened by our presence, and it was hungry for blood. As night fell, the forest came alive with the sounds of the cryptid's monstrous howls, and the shadows seemed to reach out for us. We realized that we'd made a grave mistake by awakening the ancient evil, and now our lives were at stake. We raced back to the campsite, warning the campers of the danger that lurked in the woods. Panic erupted as everyone hastily packed their belongings and fled the area, desperate to escape the clutches of the cryptid. As the last of the campers left, I stood in the empty campsite, my heart heavy with the knowledge that I had been the one to awaken the ancient evil. I knew it was my duty to protect the people and the land, and so, with grim determination, I set out to find a way to banish the cryptid back to the darkness from which it had come. The weeks that followed were filled with terror and despair as I hunted the creature through the woods, always one step behind. Finally, after countless sleepless nights and near-death encounters, I managed to trap the cryptid in the very clearing where I'd first discovered the altar. With a mixture of ancient rituals and modern technology, I was able to force the creature back into its slumber, sealing it away once more. The forest fell silent, the air lifting as the evil presence dissipated. I returned to my duties as a park ranger, the memory of the cryptid never far from my mind. The campsite reopened, and life resumed its usual pace, but I knew that the ancient evil still lay hidden beneath the soil, waiting for the day when it would be awakened once more, and I vowed that I would be ready for it when that day came. Once my friend and I were heading from Venice to Punta Gorda in my old Dodge minivan. Simple enough drive, but it goes through a part of central Florida which is almost completely empty because F it, late night road trip to deliver a QP, and less cops. We drove on these non-land roads and when we came to where we were supposed to meet with buddy of mine, that road had a police road block. In the middle of but F nowhere, F definitely can't go that way so we deter around some roads in an attempt to get there another way. Big mistake as we were running low on gas, I swear we were below E the entire time. The road we took to get away from the cops ended up being around you have to drive about 70 miles to the even get to the next street. I should also mention these roads are absolutely straight for the most part, and we haven't seen another car besides the cops for an hour. No giant turns and if anything there were just spots of woodland that gave into giant open fields that extended for miles in all directions. As we're coming around this small bend out of a woodland area into a field we see a big rig traveling normal speed and we're going to catch up to him I realize. We're probably about a mile behind him, but we can still see the headlights and everything. As we go around another slight bend in the field, we lose sight of him until we come up to the straightaway. Except that when we got to the straightaway, there was no trucker. There was no truck anywhere to be seen. This isn't the type of place where you can just pull off the side behind some trees and be lost to an observer. There were no trees or anything to hide a giant big rig. It was an open field and this giant truck absolutely vanished without a trace. There was no possible explanation and both my friend and I were super spooked and made haste to get the F out of there. Finally somehow made it to Lafayette and there was a gas station open, thank Christ. 
Filled up got the F out of there and delivered our bag with much sketchiness, but if you're ever driving out in Ponte Gorda at two in the morning, don't. I had been a park ranger for over a decade, and I thought I had seen it all. One day I was called to investigate a series of strange disappearances in a national park. At first, I thought it was just a case of lost hikers or campers who had wandered off the beaten path. But as I dug deeper, I realized that something far more evil was happening. The disappearances all seemed to be connected, with each victim vanishing without a trace in the same area of the park. But what was even more bizarre was that there was no sign of a struggle or any evidence of foul play. I knew that I had to follow every lead, no matter how small, if I was going to get to the bottom of this mystery. And as I dug deeper, I began to uncover a web of lies and deceit that went far beyond what I could have ever imagined. It all started when I stumbled upon a secret government facility hidden deep in the woods. At first, I thought it was just a research station or a wildlife monitoring outpost. But as I got closer, I realized that something far more dark was going on. The facility was involved in genetic experimentation, using animals from the park as test subjects. They were creating hybrid creatures, blending the DNA of different species in a twisted attempt to create the ultimate predator. I was horrified by what I saw, and I knew that I had to expose this atrocity to the world. But before I could do anything, I was ambushed by a group of armed men who whisked me away to an unknown location. For days, I was held captive, interrogated, and threatened. They wanted to know everything I had discovered, and they made it clear that if I didn't keep quiet, I would suffer the same fate as the missing campers and hikers. But I refused to be silenced. I knew that what they were doing was wrong, and I was determined to fight back. I failed. The next day, when a new park ranger arrived, he seemed completely unaware of the disappearances or the government facility, and alas, park ranger. It was as he had never existed, as if he had been erased from history. I used to have about an hour-long commute home through a very rural area. One particular evening, part of the main road I always took was closed, so there was a detour down a one-lane gravel road. The last stretch before you reach the highway again is perfectly straight, and there is nothing but perfectly flat fields on either side of the road for the better part of a mile. Also, this road isn't really elevated above the level of the fields on either side. Then the fields were empty at that time. Flat. It wasn't completely dark yet but very nearly clear sky and it was a dead still night. I was about to start slowing down when I saw something to the left side of the road coming toward the road. It looked wispy and I couldn't quite make out what it was. Then it seemed to jump in a smooth arc straight over the roadway maybe a foot or two high and the only way I can describe it is it looked like a ghost fox. Like it wasn't solid and left sort of a smoky trail behind it. I stopped immediately and looked out to the right in the direction it had gone and there was nothing. I can still see it in my mind, clear as day. I think it must have been just the perfect storm for me to have a mild hallucination. Only thing I can figure. Just a random thing that happened in my brain. My first though afterward was a piece of clear plastic blowing in the wind, and my brain distorted it, but there was no wind, and there was nothing there immediately after. Also, it didn't happen that fast, and I had a moment to take it in, and... Ghost Fox. That's what I saw. I don't believe that's what it was. I am a Native American tracker. It's a skill that's been passed down through my family for generations. I grew up hearing stories of my ancestors tracking down prey in the forests, and the skills I have honed over the years are a testament to their legacy. 
I was called in to find a group of hunters who had gone missing in the national park. The park was a sprawling wilderness, and the hunters had ventured deep into the woods. I set out early in the morning, following their trail as I navigated through the dense foliage. As I made my way deeper into the forest, I started to notice strange things. The trees seemed to be thicker, and the animals were quiet. It was as if the forest was holding its breath. I shrugged it off as just a trick of the mind and continued on. But then, I came across something that stopped me in my tracks. The hunters had made a campsite, but it had been torn apart. There were scraps of cloth and equipment scattered around, and the ground was stained with blood. It was clear that something had attacked them, but what could it have been? I followed the trail of destruction, hoping to find any clue that could lead me to the hunters. It was then that I heard the first howl. It was a deep, guttural sound that sent shivers down my spine. I tried to tell myself that it was just a wolf, but I knew deep down that it was something more. I continued on, following the trail until I came across a clearing. That's when I saw it. The creature unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was tall and thin, with antlers that protruded from its head. Its eyes glowed with an unnatural light, and its skin was stretched tight over its bones. I knew immediately what it was, a wendigo. It was a creature from our local legends, a being that was said to inhabit the darkest corners of the forest. And here it was, standing before me. I tried to back away slowly, but the wendigo moved with lightning speed. It tackled me to the ground, and I felt its claws. I struggled to break free, and I managed to do it. In that moment, something strange happened. The wendigo suddenly released me and disappeared into the forest. I lay there, shaken and confused, trying to make sense of what had just happened. I couldn't wait to go on this camping trip with my closest friends. We had all been planning this trip for months and I was so excited to finally be out in nature, away from the hustle and bustle of the city. We drove for hours and finally arrived at the entrance to the National Forest. The sun was already starting to set, so we quickly set up our tents and started a fire. As we sat around the fire, roasting marshmallows and telling ghost stories, an old Native American man walked into our campsite. He was dressed in traditional clothing and had a walking stick in his hand. At first, we were all startled, but the man introduced himself as a member of the nearby tribe and began to tell us stories about the forest. He told us about the legend of a creature that roamed the woods at night, a creature so fierce and powerful that it could tear apart a fully grown bear with its bare hands. We all thought it was just an old myth, but as the night went on, we began to hear strange noises in the woods. At first, it was just rustling in the bushes, but soon the sounds grew louder and more ominous. As we huddled together around the fire, we saw a pair of blowing eyes in the darkness. It was then that we realized that the elders' warnings were not just stories. The creature was real, and it was closing in on us. We quickly packed up our things and ran towards the car, but the creature was faster than any of us. It lunged at us from the darkness, its long claws tearing through the air. We ran as fast as we could, but it seemed like the creature was always one step ahead of us. Finally, we made it to the car, and we quickly locked ourselves inside. The creature circled the car, its glowing eyes shining in the darkness. We were all terrified, and we didn't know what to do. I've been working as a park ranger for over a decade now, and I thought I'd seen everything there was to see in the forest. But in recent weeks, I'd been hearing rumors of strange occurrences in the woods. People were reporting sightings of a mysterious Native American woman who appeared and disappeared at will. At first, I didn't think much of it. It was probably just a hoax or a figment of people's imaginations. 
but then I started to see her myself. She would appear out of nowhere, standing in the middle of the trail or watching me from behind a tree. And then, just as quickly as she had appeared, she would vanish into thin air. I knew I had to investigate this strange occurrence, so I began to dig into the history of the forest. It didn't take me long to find out that the woman was a spirit who had been haunting the forest for centuries. Legend had it that she was a Native American woman who had been killed by early settlers who were trying to claim the land as their own. As I delved deeper into the history of the forest, I realized that there were other spirits as well. Spirits of animals and trees, all of whom had been living in the forest long before humans had ever set foot on its soil. I began to understand that the forest was a sacred place, a place where spirits and nature lived in harmony. But even as I gained this understanding, the sightings of the Native American woman continued. She would appear to me at odd times, always watching me with her penetrating gaze. It was as though she was trying to tell me something, trying to communicate with me in a way that I couldn't understand. And then, one day, she disappeared. I searched the entire forest, but she was nowhere to be found. It was as though she had never existed in the first place. I grew up in the small Lincolnshire hamlet of Branston Booths, named in legislation as a nitrate-sensitive area. It had a pub, an old wooden village hall, and a chapel, but no church or shop. What it lacked in amenities, however, it more than made up for in attractions for adventurous children, such as a mysterious island surrounded by a moat, a stretch of woodland with some old, but occasionally inhabited caravans in the midst of it always the operation center for international crimes in our imagination, and a body of reedy water known locally as the Delph. This waterway ran straight from the main crossroads at the booths, via an intersection with the car dike, to the Sinsel drain, ultimately feeding the county's main watercourse, the river with Am. The Delph has high grassy banks on either side, accessed from the crossroads by the car dike's own bank, which runs crossways to meet them and provides a bridge between the car dike and the Delph. The first Delph bank is about 10 meters 33 feet away from the crossroads access point. One summer's evening in 1985, as the day was slowly turning to night, I was with my band of adventurers at the crossroads. There were five of us, aged 12 to 14, chatting idly with the Delphin bank tops and fields beyond as our backdrop. Three of their backs to the Delph, I was facing it, and a friend, Darrow, was standing to my right on a slight diagonal, so that he was able to turn to me and then to our friends during the conversation, giving him a broader view than the rest of us. We were on the point of saying our goodbyes when something caught my eye. The head had popped up over the first Delph bank top, and as I turned to register it, my mind was troubled. Was this a rabbit-faced man or a man-faced rabbit? And with that, the head, on a pair of non-rabbit-sized shoulders, shot hacked down behind the bank. Open-mouthed, I looked to Darrow, who had a similar expression, and we both said in excited unison, Did you see that? We tried desperately to explain what we had seen to our friends. Darrow found it difficult to articulate, perhaps because of the angle at which he saw it, other than describing this human or animal thing popping up and shooting back down again. We searched along the banks to see if it was still there. We found nothing, but, if truth be told, we didn't look very hard. It was a terrifying encounter, but mercifully short. My friends were nonplussed you just saw a big hare or rabbit, but Daryl had seen what I had seen, and he just shook his head. Over the years, I have sought to explain this away as a trick of the crepuscular light, as a larger-than-normal animal. But I have seen enough rabbits and hares to know that they do not pop up in that way or have human-like shoulders, or as a person playing a prank. Doubtful, given that it is one of those places where everybody knows everybody else, and we would definitely have heard about it later. Was the entity, perhaps, a cousin of the giant rabbits of the mythical island of High Brassel? 
I have also wondered about whether I had already seen the wicker man and was simply imagining a man with an animal head mask popping into the shot, as they do most memorably in the film. But had Daryl seen that film too and had he really been having the same thoughts as me? None of these strike me as satisfactory explanations. I definitely saw something strange that night, and it has stayed with me ever since. We didn't mention it again within our group, and while I have always looked at those banks hoping to catch another glimpse, none has been forthcoming. I lost touch with Daryl when I went to university, and he moved from Branston Booths, and I hope he sees this account. It is the first time I have written it down and would welcome his and any other reflections on this brief encounter. A few years back, I was leaving a friend's house late at night. His house was in the middle of some random farming area in Tampa Bay, Florida, more specifically Claire Mel if you're familiar. My friend's fiancé was giving me a lift home and as we were taking a left onto a long, dark road in an equally dark area and there were few street lights or house lights. The headlights of his car lit up the front yard of a corner house. As we were turning, we both saw something fall from a tree in their yard. It looked like a person, sort of. I know how legitimate this is going to sound, but it looked like that seriously creepy ice cream man from Legion. It was tall, had long limbs, pale, super thin. It landed on its feet but it kind of looked like it also landed on its knuckles, almost like a monkey would. But we only saw the backer side of it and very briefly. My friend's fiancé was a no-bullshit kind of guy and doesn't believe it weird stuff at all. So when he freaked out, I freaked out too. I made him turn around and go back to see what the hell it was. By the time we turned back, it was gone and after a few years he now denies it ever happening. What in God's name was that thing? I've never seen anything like it before or after. Has anyone else ever experienced anything like this? Ever since that fateful night, the memory of the encounter has haunted me. The unknown predator's chilling gaze and the echoes of its guttural growls still send shivers down my spine. As a park ranger, it was my duty to protect the people in the wilderness. But that night, I was powerless. Obsession consumed me as I devoted every waking moment to hunting down the mysterious creature. I scoured the deep woods, searching for any trace of its existence. Sleep eluded me, and each day I grew more and more desperate. Then, one summer evening, a group of campers arrived at my park. They were excited for a weekend of adventure and camaraderie, blissfully unaware of the danger lurking in the shadows. It wasn't long before the predator struck again, leaving behind a chilling message, it was back, and it was hunting. The campers were terrified, and they turned to me for help. I couldn't let them down, not again. Together, we formed a plan to uncover the truth behind the cryptid and put an end to its deadly intentions. We spent days scouring the woods, following a trail of clues left behind by the creature. With each new discovery, the truth about the cryptid slowly began to emerge. It was a creature of ancient origins, a remnant of a time when the world was wild and untamed. As we delved deeper into the mystery, we realized that the predator was more cunning and intelligent than we'd ever imagined. It had been watching us, studying our every move, waiting for the perfect moment to strike. And that moment came on our final night in the woods. The sun had set, and darkness enveloped the forest. We huddled together around the campfire, our eyes scanning the shadows for any sign of the creature. We knew it was out there, waiting for us to let our guard down. Suddenly, a blood-curdling howl tore through the night, chilling us to the bone. The creature was close, and it was ready to attack. We scrambled to our feet, weapons at the ready, our hearts pounding in our chests. 
As the creature burst from the shadows, its monstrous form towering over us, I knew that this was our last chance to end the nightmare once and for all. While I was getting ready to shoot him, he just growled at us and turned back toward woods. We went on a hunt, but we couldn't find him. As we made our way out of the deep woods, I knew that the experience had changed us all. The campers left the park, grateful for their lives and forever bound by the shared experience. As for me, I continued my work as a park ranger, the weight of my obsession finally lifted from my shoulders. But the deep woods still whispered secrets, and I knew that there would always be mysteries to uncover and battles to be fought. I was ready for whatever lay ahead. I was hiking alone with my dog. It was at the beginning of the hike so I was still very close to a town. I met a family walking together a man, a woman, and a kid. The man says hi to me and it's obvious he wants to talk so I stop, assuming he wants to ask about my dog's breed or something. My dog smells him and he says to my dog, ah, you know who the master is here WTF. Then he asks me are you not afraid to walk alone? I tell him no, I'm not. Then he asks me are you sure? You're a young woman alone? Are you not afraid of being attacked? Well, now I am, thanks. I tell him that I'm close to the town, so no. He then told me how I shouldn't be without a man and keeps asking are you not scarred of being assaulted or killed by someone. At this point I wanted to ask him if by someone he meant him. I pointed out that I had a big dog with me and told him how my dog was protective and wouldn't hesitate to defend me if anything goes wrong, which is true, but I mostly said it to scare him in case he had bad intentions. I made eye contact with the woman and kid at some point, and it was obvious they were embarrassed. Eventually I left and I never saw them again. This all took place in a rural area in France, not a place that's especially dangerous for women. I was hiking in a remote Arizona location. Nearing the trailhead as the sun was going down I ran into a guy who only had a sweatshirt on. No backpack. No water bottle. Just looked like he was on a casual walk to the mall or something. I remember after passing him that there was just something off about him. I had intrusive thoughts about how easy it would be for him to sneak up on me or something. I usually don't think about that at all but I couldn't shake it this time. It really didn't make sense that he was up here without any gear this late in the evening. Also I was still a good three miles away from the Tennessee when I passed him. So not like he's going for a quick stroll. He was hiking for at least three miles with no water or anything in Arizona. So finally I get back to the trailhead parking lot curious to see this guy's license plate and where he was from when oddly there was no car in the parking lot. It was empty except for mine. This is the only parking space within this area and the next one is outside of the wilderness zone which was 10 plus miles away. Also there is a gate that closes at around sunset, so there is no way and after the gate closes you can leave but can't come in, tire spikes so yet you actually can't come in. So, to this day I have no idea how this guy even got there. Maybe he was dropped off but he would have had to know there was no way for someone to come back and get him signs posted about when the gates close. He would have known that he would be dropped off 10 plus miles outside of anything without any gear, or water in Arizona. Just so weird. I was in Qatar on an extended layover coming back from a trip to Thailand and decided to go on a dune bashing tour that included an overnight stay in a Bedouin camp on the edge of the Persian Gulf. The camp was set up to accommodate at least 100 people, but it was just me and my boyfriend that night, along with 10 or so people who worked there. It was absolutely beautiful and remote, with the weather so perfect that we decided to sleep outside on the beach. 
We found ourselves spending most of the night awake, listening to the water and stargazing. Suddenly we heard what sounded like a small boat going by in the water not more than 100 yards offshore. Although it was around 2 or 3 a.m., the boat had its lights off and we could only barely make out its dark shape as it quietly slipped past. My boyfriend motioned for me to be still and we stood in absolute silence until we were confident that the boat had gotten far enough away. We surmised that it was smugglers or someone definitely doing something sketchy who didn't want to be seen. After that, we spent the rest of the night thoroughly creeped out and didn't venture too far away from the camp again. My husband and I were driving around some BLM land in southern Utah trying to find a place to camp for the night. We got to the end of the road and found a spot to pull off and set up camp. There was an old homestead so we went up to check it out before setting up camp. To our surprise, there was a car parked near the cabins but not a single person in sight. The homestead was at the base of some mountains and valleys, there were no trails for these people to be on. Plus, the lights in the car were all on. We thought maybe they had just gone off exploring so we headed back to our truck. On the way back our dogs ran down to the creek bed so went after them. In the dry creek bed was a tarp or tent wrapped up and held down with some rocks. Our dogs were super interested in what was under there and we were definitely not. We got them out of the creek bed and into the truck and drove far away to camp for the night. I hope it was just a weird coincidence and the people were just on a hike. But they still probably came back to a dead battery. <laughs>